everybody, get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast on this fine Super Bowl Sunday weekend. Oh my weekend. God, it's Super Bowl Sunday oh, weekend. Oh, and I don't care who wins. Um, <laughs> and we have a great show. We have we a do. great show. Our drink segment is brought to you through the gracious services of Fairfax City. It's Fairfax City Restaurant Week coming up uh, February 26th through March 3rd again, and they're a great restaurant. I love that out there. Every ethnicity, every every possible kind of food can be found within a couple of blocks of each other. I know, but there. what he's forgetting to mention you can get is Uyghur that food out he there, goes out sake. there so much now because of me and my involvement with Fairfax City Restaurant Week because as your area restaurant week lady i get to tell everybody about yeah what's she's going the face of there. restaurant week you'll see her in the commercials yes i love it face. i love that face uh-huh. <laughs> the mother of my children okay. all right so joining us is joe sullivan who's the head chef at herbs ordinary but he's bartending for us today and he's too big to argue with that's number <laughs> one and also with him is tara borway she's the economic development programs manager for fairfax city economic development and they're going to be telling us all about it Back again on the show after many years away, we miss you, Brad, is Brad Soko. Brad is the uh, lead dude at Coma Cafe in Tacoma Park and Soko, which is a butchery, right? Yes. All right. And he's brought in with him uh, Dylan Greer, who is the beverage director at Coma, and they're going to be making cocktails, too. We got stuff going on. We're going to be stinko by the time we leave here. All right, let's go. So this show has always been about hospitality, and we have a special guest today because, first of all, if you love waffles, mm-hmm. and who doesn't love waffles, then you love Hampton Inn and Sweets and Hampton Inns because they have the best waffles in America. Yeah, but the story them. that's really interesting is how that all came to be, and we're going to get into that later in the show. Well, joining us is Shruti Gandhi Buckley. He's a senior VP and brand leader for Hampton by Hilton. What a title. Mm-hmm. What a title. Okay. I'm, I'm getting your autograph later. But okay. we're going to hear all about it because um, um, if you're a road warrior or you're taking the family on a trip, um, I've stayed at several of them, driving my daughter back and forth to Arizona, and I, I almost stayed for the waffles. Okay, let's go. And on. Miguel Guerra and Tatiana Mora are the executive chefs and partners at Mita. Uh, Mita is a newly transformed pop-up restaurant that in Shaw that became a permanent brick-and-mortar restaurant, and the focus is really on on vegetables. vegetables. And it's, it, I guess, their mission is dispelling the notion that Latin American cuisine is solely meat-centric. Mm-hmm. It's not. Okay. So we're going to be hearing about that, but first. Let's get Tara and um, uh, Tara. <laughs> and Tara. Tara. Tara and Chef Joe Sullivan. I put up that here. seed in his head. See what happens. I know. That's what happens. I know. That's because I do what I'm told. Okay. Um, so, Joe, why don't we talk a little bit? Let's get a little background on you, and then we'll talk about uh, Restaurant Week. Sure. So, I've been in the industry for a long time, almost 30 years now. I have almost equal experience in front and back of the house. That's why you see me here. Doing some cocktails, but also... 30 years. You have a baby face. I know. You uh, do you have know. a baby face. Yeah, yeah. I started when I was 14. For my for my uh, 14th birthday, my, my birthday gift was getting a job. Get a job. My dad. <laughs> All right. I love it. Yeah. Get out of the house. <laughs> I've been in restaurants ever since. So, you know, I've, I've been involved in front and back of the house uh, today. You know, I had a big part in this cocktail program because I was working in Boston uh, for Ming Tsai Blue Dragon. You know, we had a big, uh, big cocktail program. So I decided to come here and share a few things that... 
a few of our cocktails here. There are oh. versions of that that we used to have up there. Well, can we talk about Earps? And sure. because it's brand new, yep. took a long time to open. Yes. Is it named after Wyatt Earp, who's one of my favorite? It's called Earps it, it, Ordinary. It around that his uh, great-grandfather owned an ordinary in Fairfax, right around that area. We don't know exactly where. So we would try to kind of tie the name of the restaurant in with the kind of Can I just tell you, this is a quick aside, that you can go online and Google Wyatt Earp and there are actually films where they interviewed him late in life about gunslingers and all that. It's the coolest thing ever. Oh, my God. It's I fascinating. Okay, um, let's stop, move on. Nikki. And he was alive uh, in, like, the early 90s, too. He didn't die until, like, He died 19, in, the tw- in 1920s. 20, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. History lesson over. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so, but it took <laughs> uh, Earps a while to open, and it's this right. music venue and mm-hmm. restaurant. I mean, you guys have a lot going on, and I don't think when people think – don't take this the wrong way, Tara – when people think of Fairfax City – that they think of this lively entertainment space. I'm so, offended. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you can you can correct me later. Gun, you know, uh, so tell us why you guys decided to open there. So you know, uh, Michael, who's who's the owner, his vision, his dream is to open a, a music venue. That's mm-hmm. been his whole life. He, he worked for Exxon for many many years, and he retired and was like, "This is what I want to do." Um, and he he brought me in uh, two years ago. I came down. We did a pop up. Like I said, it's been a while since we've been trying to get this large uh, venue open. Mm-hmm. Um, we started the pop about a year and a half, two years ago. Our new big venue, about 360 seats we can do, about 500 standing, mm. um, right in, uh, down to Old Town Fairfax. And and, and you're right, it's it's lively. We have, even this weekend, a, a big, big band, uh, um, a bunch of bands coming in. And uh, it's, okay. it's a, I'm uh, going to put a pin in you because well, we got to move on. No, we're going to move. We're going to come back to Tara. Um, just tell us what you're making now. Sure. So I, I started, we'd start something, some classic. Um, it's an old fashioned. We make ours the old fashioned way, if you will. Um, no, we don't muddle the fruit in it. It's uh, Angostura bitters, uh, Peixo bitters, um, and orange bitters. So essentially, you get that orange from the actual bitters itself. Wow. Excellent. Classic. All right. Pass uh, that you around. Run the show. I'm muddled too. Yeah. Pass <laughs> that right, around. Let's bing, get everybody a sip, please. Great. Brad Soko. I'm back, baby. We we met you a hundred years ago, probably in the third or fourth year we had the show. No, it was later, but it's okay. Later? Oh wow! Always contradicting me. But in any event, you're back. <laughs> Tell you. us about Soko. Tell us about the cafe. Tell us what you've been doing. Um, yeah. So after that time, eight years ago, opened oh, a yeah, butcher. But I think we should talk about what that restaurant was. Oh, it was an Australian-based restaurant, right? Well, owned in by an Australian who was married to one of the. Housewives, Housewives of, of Potomac, of Potomac. Ashley. No yeah. longer married yeah. to yeah, yeah. Ashley. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, oh. you were feed, but you were doing like kangaroo meat. Am I wrong? Yeah, I think I brought you guys like kangaroo yeah, and sliders. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. You guys pretended to like it. Oh, but, uh, yeah, horrible. <laughs> I don't think I ate it. We only eat uh, camel on hump day. Yeah? <laughs> but I'm Thank you. Exactly. Thank okay. you very much. All right. So in that time span, you've made some changes in your life. Yeah. So let's talk about it. So moved to Tacoma Park, uh, mm-hmm. opened a butcher shop slash deli. Mm-hmm. Uh, sandwich shop. Sandwich show. You got yeah. nominated as the best sandwich shop. Yeah, last Ramis. year we got nominated as a, uh, for a Remy. Yeah. Uh, for, so I thought we were a butcher shop, and now we're uh, a sandwich shop. But we do both. Just let the people from, tell you what you want. Exactly. Were. We do whole hog from sides of beef to primals to everything to uh, homemade sausages, hot dogs. You know, but let's we do talk it. about how you go about doing that because – you know, there was a time period where everybody had a local butcher. Yeah. And then, you know, probably like 70s, 80s, like that really died. And now you're seeing this resurgence of butchers back in neighborhoods. Yeah. And so what was it that you wanted to do, especially in the neighborhood that you're in? What did you want to bring to the community? And how do you go about like 
sourcing not just the products that you want, but the products that the community wants? Well, first we wanted to bring meat to Tacoma Park mm -hmm. because historically it's a vegan it is a vegetarian-like yeah, town. town. We, there are people so, at the entropy over there. Go we've ahead. been protested a couple times. Did they so hang you in effigy a couple of times? He brought me to Tacoma Park. Yeah, no, we had we had some serious protests that come that came into our shop, really? like megaphones, and yeah, had to call the cops a few times and be like. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to bring in and show people. I think actually this is where COVID was actually good for, kind of. Um, it's a silver, silver lining. Yeah, well, it was it. People started cooking at home and really cared about where they wanted mm -hmm. their food to be, where, where they knew it, where they wanted their food to come from. So basically, when we opened up, we were super popular because people didn't want to go to the Whole Foods. They wanted to come in and say, "Hey, where are you getting your food from? Where's your meat coming from? Everything sourced within about 150 miles of SoCo." Um, and well, yeah. can we talk about those farms? Because I mean, I. Did my homework and yeah. looked. I mean, you're working with Springhouse, Ovaca. I mean, all these people have been in studio. So what was it about what they're each doing? Did you go to the farms? Did you see how they treated their cows? Because it's one thing to say yeah. we're sustainable and local, but it's another thing to be really committed to pasture-raised, really humane treatment of the animals prior to their one last day. To their one bad to their day. One bad day. <laughs> so um, how did you go about sort of working and sourcing and then – you know, maintain, like maintaining the product. Yeah, and that was kind of the one of the biggest challenges is also finding quality, too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about finding responsible farmers, in my opinion. And I would go to some of the farms. I'm from Northern Virginia. So finding local farms wasn't a hard thing, per se, for me to find. Mm -hmm. It was people that I agree with their farming methods and being a responsible farmer, moving uh, cattle from different pastures, right. treating chickens, you know, properly. And that was the, the hardest thing in finding who you wanted to work with. And also, we're a business at the end of the day, right? So Northern Virginia selling at a certain price to us, was finding people that, you know, it's like, hey, we have to make some money at the end of the day and, you know, work with us. Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, there wasn't, there's not a lot of farms out there. A lot of the farmers are in Northern Virginia are, are hobbyists, you know? Mm. And it's like... Yeah. Scratch our back, we scratch your back. Like, uh, yeah, but you still got to sell the product. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and you're doing some, you're selling an elevated product, right? Like Ovaca Farms with their F ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, half Angus, half Wagyu. Yeah, they're no joke. They're no joke. <laughs> the meat is fantastic, but, but it comes at a cost. It is expensive. Yeah, right? and so finding that nice medium. You know, mm -hmm. is that a beef we use a lot? It's mm. probably sixty-five to seventy percent of what we use beef-wise. Um, a lot of the chickens come from Pennsylvania, um, Bell and Evans. So there are there's some like micro, kind of like macro farms that mm -hmm. you know have a good price point and they're still local and they they farm responsibly. And what about cuts of meat? Because everybody goes yes. like as a butcher, do you find it you need to really educate the community and be like, listen, I know you love fillet or I know you love prime rib or I know you love these cuts, cut but yeah. like there's a whole rest of the cow or the whole rest of the pig, right? Like. How do you educate people? Like, this is what you do with this cut, and this is why it's going to be so good. You throw it in the case and then make them buy it. Yes. You, know, you just don't carry filet. No, oh. no, I'm, jo I'm joking. Um, I get offended no, when people yeah, tell me. I, I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm I mean, a comedian here, so Yes. So no, relax. but I will okay. tell you that, you know, a lot of men in the hospitality industry think women just want filet, which I find really, really offensive. Um, 
Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Um, they really, they're like, and for the lady, I have the filet. And I'm like, the lady well, he's will have the 32 the ounce, list, right? you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, piece I mean, of meat. I mean, the guy was dead on arrival when I he mean, did that. I mean, seriously. <laughs> well, first, we don't judge at SoCo. So okay. that's most importantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, we don't go through a lot of filet, to be honest with you. Like, mm. we don't go. A lot of the other cuts that we do are the things that people don't know about. The Denver cut is from the Chuck's, from the Chuck Primal. Mm-hmm. It's a great steak. Doesn't break the bank. I'm always pushing, honestly, the offcuts that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows their New York Strip ribeye. Yeah, well, it's let's great. Let's go steak. down a rabbit hole on the Denver cut, for yes. example. How do you cook it? How do you make it tender? And and you know, I, I think people get have a lot of fear when they're dealing with a, a piece of meat that they're not familiar with. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, yeah. And people aren't really familiar with cooking, too. So mm-hmm. it's great. I'm, I'm a chef by trade. Mm-hmm. So having my butchers there, we can talk off of each other. The Denver cut, it's a great cut to grill, pan sear, even if, and say, you don't, you want to make a stew. You can make a stew out of it, too. Um, so, so it's a very diverse cut. Yeah. Um, All right. Hold for one second. We have to take a commercial break. This is David and Nikki Nellis. This is Foodie and the Beast. We're giving you some meat advice. Later, we'll be doing veggies. We'll be back in just a sec. Hey, Nick, let's take a couple seconds to talk about the point. Oh, the point in Buzzard Point. Yeah. Well, Buzzard Point is really interesting because it's a new area that has totally kind of come up out of the water. It is where the Potomac and Anacostia Rivers meet, and now this development is there, and the Point DC is the very first restaurant there. So it has amazing water views, this incredible patio, fire pits. It is a great place to grab a drink and sit out and look at the water and eat amazing oysters. Oh, and seafood and sushi and steaks and more because we've done that. Exactly. So if you haven't been to the point, it's time for you to check it out. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Brad Soko of Soko and Coma Cafe. But we also have Dylan Greer in. Dylan's the beverage director at Coma. So it ain't just a, you know, a sandwich shop. <laughs> There's some right, libations so there, Dylan, too. Dylan, what did you make What us? did you make? Yeah, I made what's called the Beachside Boulevardier, which is kind of my anti-season take on the classic cocktail, the Boulevardier. Mm. So anti-season, I mean, like, think drinking a cocktail in winter that has kind of tropical notes to it. Mm-hmm. So we have some um, coconut fat-washed Campari, mm. um, which kind of lends a little bit more body to the drink, but also these fun tropical coconut notes. Um, and then we blast it with a coconut aromatic at the end. That's good. It's beautiful. You're not allowed on the show ever again because <laughs> so of that, no, that's the hair I used to have. Okay. <laughs> I never knew him with that hair. I think he's lying. No. Um, can we talk about how, like, where the properties are and how you all work in tandem with one another? Sure. Yeah. It's about a mile away from SoCo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the owner of both. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like an Italian concept. So... We kind of want to label ourselves and say, hey, this is what we are, an Italian cafe. Mm-hmm. So we do fresh pizza, fresh pasta. Mm. All the meat is eventually going to be sourced from SoCo. All our butchers will make the sausages um, to the hamburger patties. So that's sure. the way we're going to kind of like intermingle the two. Okay, that um, makes sense. Yeah. And you're in charge of the entire beverage program there? Yep, and general manager. So I'm kind of wearing two hats at the moment. Okay, well, yeah. that knows how to squeeze it out of you, doesn't yeah, it? Oh, no yeah, kidding. for sure, 100%. Okay. Hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, well, I, I, I guess the last question is this, and it's it's the one I ask everybody. Like, who who's are you cooking the pastas to? Are you in the kitchen, or are you? Um, I retired. Okay. I'm just yelling at people now. <laughs> okay, that's yeah, what yeah, I do. That's, Sounds like my wife. Yeah. That's, yes. So um, who, who's in the kitchen, then? Uh, I have several cooks. 
that have been with me for about 10 years, actually from Oz times. Mm-hmm. Some have been following right, me around. That was the name and, of um, so, yeah, they know right. what I expect. No, his question okay. is, which he did not get to, David, yes. as an uh, Italophile, has a thing about pasta, pasta being has to cooked be al, dente. al dente. And there's nothing worse than going to an Italian restaurant I and can... biting into something that has a consistency of library face. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I'm very adamant about that, too, that. as well. All too. right, mm-hmm. all right, then we're coming, man. Okay. We're coming. All, all right, right just thanks. lastly, because it is the Super Bowl, um, this airs on Sunday right before the, uh, well, the morning of the game. Any um, any meat picks or anything that you would say, try this and serve this tonight? Yeah, the the bavette steak. The bavette steak Ooh, is kind of like, it is in between like a flank and a hanger steak. Mm-hmm. A great cut that a lot of is people don't know about. Is it similar to a flat iron? Similar. Okay. Similar. Yeah, the thickness. Mm-hmm. But it has a little more marbling to, okay. than a flank, per se. So is it a and fast? Do you have to marinate it? Very is it fast. fast? Okay. Fast. You can, you can marinate it. It takes hmm. on the marinate very well. So maybe we um, don't do lobster rolls. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. That sounds good. Okay. I'm but, sure all right. Tell everybody where both, sh- well, all three shops are. Please. All in Tacoma Park. Uh, Soko's at 7306 Carroll Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Coma Cafe is at 8006 Flower Avenue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Park. Wow, you had me thinking there. Where, okay. Where my own shops right. were. Hey, you're a sharp guy, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. Thank great. you, guys. So let's Thank go you back so much. to Joe and, and let uh, uh, Tara stand up to the microphone. Hey, Tara. Tara okay. Holloway. So, can we talk a little bit about Fairfax City and sort of, because it's such a cool town that's continuing to grow and expand. Can we talk about the efforts going on there? Well, I'd first just start out by saying how excited we are to have Herbs open. For business. It's pretty fabulous. It is pretty fabulous. Mm-hmm. And it is. You realize you know, that every time you say herbs, you should probably say, excuse me. It sounds like herbs, <laughs> you know, but. Don't okay, laugh but, at that. Okay, but I won't. Um, okay. And, then, and uh, you know, Main Street is has come alive with mm-hmm. Commonwealth Brewery added to the street, herbs opening shortly thereafter. I am, uh, you know, was, was joking when I said I was offended earlier, but I would say that. Um, the city is rapidly growing and 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 welcoming new businesses. Mm-hmm. We've got Old Fire Station number three opened again, renewed ownership around the corner. People have places that they can, you know, they can essentially crawl and enjoy nightlife in Fairfax City right now in a way that, you know, they probably haven't been able to do for a I long time. I think it's mm. important to, because, you know, people out in Northern Virginia know where, where and what Fairfax City is. But in Marylanders, you know, you come off the beltway and get on 234 or 123 before that and just go straight and you're right in the middle of it. Absolutely. I mean, Fairfax City is in the heart of the heart of Nova. It is a great place to stop. I am really excited and proud to be part of Fairfax City Restaurant Week. It's become a city staple. It's in the seventh year of and its, it's iteration. Twice a year. Now it's twice a year. Which so is nice. Yeah, you don't have to wait. You can you can uh, have it. In, you can visit in summer and winter and explore all the culinary kitchens, the diversity let's, that was well, mentioned let's before. Yeah, but let's talk about how people participate in it because, um, you know, for the uninitiated, Restaurant Week seems weird for people. They're just like, it, you know, kind of tenses them up. Like, yeah. Oh, I got to get in. I got to get that yeah. menu. I got to do all those things. So, like, let's just, like, make it easy for people. Yeah. Well, as the face of the uh, of all of our promotions, mm-hmm. I hope you would agree with this, that mm-hmm. our restaurant week is very approachable. Mm-hmm. And it is welcoming. And we have something for everyone. So, if you visit Fairfax City between February 26th through March 3rd, you can visit any one of the over 20 participating restaurants. You can have... Cocktails, mocktails, breakfast, brunch, lunch, 
dinner, all at a prefix, set price. If you visit our website, FairfaxCityRestaurantWeek.com, you'll see those menus. You can plan your trip. You don't right. have to be intimidated. I am a big believer in planning ahead. So, like, if you want to go out, look at the menus, see what people are offering. Like, I, you know, know before you go, I think, is so important especially when it comes to uh, Restaurant Week and going to a new restaurant and checking it out, right? Absolutely. Okay, we're going to go back to herbs for a second. So the first cocktail was really good. I mean, I do have two cocktails in front of me. They're both kind of good. I'm just going to pour them both in the same glass. Can we talk about the cocktail program there and sort of how you guys, as a bar and as a music venue and as a restaurant, how you sort of fit all those levels? Sure. So um, I I was looking towards... You know, looking at the bar and seeing what Fairfax needed, and there's you know there's a lot of you know, there's Irish bar, you know there's a few divey bars. There's no there's like that new brewery. Yeah, the, the brewery's right above so us. So cool. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, so like craft cocktails are just is really not a whole lot, not not really there. You're not really seen in, in downtown Fairfax. That sounds so. like a gauntlet throne. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I'll be I'll be ha- we'll be I'll be happy to go up against uh, you know anyone regarding it's, it's cocktails. But, okay. Uh, what but, are we going to make next? So we, we have a, a tombstone. It's called a tombstone. Uh, it's something that I've played with for years now. It's it's kind of funky. It's got a little spiciness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- tequila, um, a little, a little um, coconut cream, and a little lime juice. Something a little tropical, um, but it's got a little heat. It's It's got a little funkiness to it, and it's not something you see everywhere. And Joe, Marshall Earp was the sheriff in Tombstone. Thank you very much. Marshall Earp. That's, that's, that's why we, we, that's why that's up. And Virgil Earp, All right. Okay. So now we're going to the land of... Hospital, welcoming yes. hospitality and yes. waffles. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we're joined by Shruti Gandhi Buckley, who is the senior VP and brand leader for Hampton by Hilton. That's a big, that's a big job. I know, but can we talk about why this happened? But a fun job. It is. But can we talk about why this segment happened? I was attacked by a waffle in the backseat of a <laughs> So <beer>. I was <laughs> invited to an event out uh, that was held at a Hampton out in Haymarket because you have this amazing chef there, right? That's where we met. The Hilton Garden Inn. Oh, yeah. But that's how I got connected to you was from the Hilton Garden That's Inn. exactly right. Because right. they yeah, were like, no, sister no, no. brand. Right. It was a sister brand. But I, I found out so much from all the people there about, like, all these different things happening throughout Hilton. Yeah, that's And right. all how, like, the activations and the commitment to waffles and all these things. And that chef is insane. He's incredibly good. So it's just like this whole world got opened up to me that I was not familiar with. Yeah, I love that. And and that's, I think, what we're doing at Hilton, right, is looking at our different brands mm-hmm. and how do we take the uniqueness of our brands and combine that with the specialty of food and beverage and bring that to life in, in unique ways. But I also think what's interesting is that you're raising up brands that make, you know, that you've taken economical brands yes. and, and raised the level of hospitality that are that and the pride and that's I within think it. That's what blows people away when right? they come in because they, you know, you sort of get a mindset about a brand, you know, that's what a brand is. That's it's like right. branded into your your consciousness, and then you walk in there, and it's a. I mean, that's. I'm telling you, we stayed at one outside of Nashville on mm-hmm. the way to Arizona, and um, I don't know what I expected when trip. I walked in, but it was. I mean, our room was beautiful. Everything was. It was way more upscale than I thought I was getting into. So let's and then talk the about was how crazy. how that all came to be. Like, what's what's the history? How did it happen? In terms of the waffle and how that came to Even life at Hampton. Even before the waffle, let's yeah, talk let's... about the partnership with Hilton 
and sort of the rise in uh, in excellent service. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. First of all, we're super excited because this year we're celebrating our 40th anniversary. Mm. We're opening up our 3,000th hotel. Is that all? Which is okay. which is super exciting. Right. And we're known as the best brand of franchise, right? And, and number one in terms of most five-star reviews in the hospitality industry. So our commitment to service has been longstanding through the course of the legacy of this brand. But the other piece of, uh, around that and how we become such a guest favorite is innovation and always looking at what are guests looking for? How do we stay on top? How do we continue to raise the bar mm-hmm. in a category where there's a lot of competition? But at the end of the day, we're all about hospitality. And, and if you think about like food and travel, mm-hmm. right, those are the things that bring people together. No matter what your beliefs are, where you come from, it, 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 those are universal, I think, areas where you actually get to have connectivity, right? And and so for us, for Hampton, we have free breakfast and in an area where- But you guys are like the first people to offer that, right? Yes. Now, what, where, That's right. Like, I want to know how that idea came to be and be like, this is something that will resonate with our guests. Yeah, so we did, you know, we were at the time when there were a lot of roadside, you either had motels, Right, which were a little bit inconsistent and, and not always great. C D was the word you were <laughs> and, then, and then you also had the full service. You didn't really have anything in between. Right. And Hampton said, We've got a real opportunity to create a space mm-hmm. because guests are looking for more. And you know what? They're they're looking for kind of a, a bigger, fuller experience, not just a bed to sleep in, but also a hot how do you start your day? with a hot breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then we, we evolved it. So it became more of a continental breakfast. And then Hampton was the first to introduce the hot breakfast. Mm-hmm. And part of that hot programming came, what is something a classic that people love? It's the waffle. Okay, right. so can we talk about this waffle? Because you need to walk me through it. The waffle. So, like, how do you make sure it's hot? Like, well, how what do you, is, yeah, how yes. do you ensure consistency? Across yes, exactly. 3,000 units. Yeah, well, first of all, we have our own proprietary recipes that okay. we send out and ship out to every hotel. Mm-hmm. But what makes it so great is that the guests actually get to participate in the process of making their waffle. Okay. Right? So, it's part of that experience, whether you're an adult or a kid. You know, people love waffles, but it's also that special treat when they're traveling, that comfort food on the road. Well, and then you make sure it's, that, that makes sure it's hot. When you get it. Absolutely. And then we we took it up a notch about mm-hmm. a year ago. We said, how do we take something that's a classic and make it even more fun and inventive? And we now are introducing these flavored waffle concepts through the course of the year. So next week, Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. Love Bites. We're introducing our red velvet waffle for a oh short God. period of time. So okay, wait. I got to pause you right there because we have to take a break. When we come back, we'll, we'll talk about the creation of that and sort of the engagement of it yeah, and what that right. means. Okay, this is David and Nikki Nellis. All right, I guess we could talk about Valentine's Day because it is next week. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with Shruti Gandhi Buckley, who's Senior VP and Brand Leader for Hampton by Hilton, and we're waffling. We're talking about... <laughs> you you were waffling. Oh, my God. You are waffling about it, Valentine's Day. We've been on the air 15 years. Like. <laughs> Nikki has never laughed at anything I've said. God bless you, my child. All right, you do get something for Valentine's okay, Day. Now I just hey, take did it you know back. it's going to be Valentine's Day? I <laughs> did, yes. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the waffles and why you're doing flavored waffles now. Yes. And, like, is that does that increase engagement? Does it make people excited? It does. It's Tell a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? If you think about when you travel, the one place where everybody gathers in the mornings, but especially at a Hampton, is at breakfast time. Mm-hmm. It's a free breakfast program. Everybody's coming down. We have an 85% take rate and they love it. It's also a great opportunity 
for our team members okay, to you're show speaking hospitality. Lingo. So you said an eighty-five percent take rate. Yeah. You mean like eighty-five percent of our guests? They come down. They come down and will partake in breakfast. So me, it, it me, helps build me, community and conversation. I let love me that. address the elephant in the room because the one thing you're not saying is this: this waffle is the equivalent of the candy aisle when you're checking out of you know Safeway. What the red velvet? The kids. I mean, where do we? Where are we going to stay? You know, are we going to stay at Joe Blow's Motel or are we going to stay where they got the free waffles? There you go. You well, know, but I do it. think, but- given the change in, uh, I'm going to use the term hospitality loosely. I'm quoting it here with Airbnb style things. Like the the marketplace has changed. There's been a dramatic shift in options. Yes. So you do have to sweeten the pot, a- right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when you think about food trends in general, like you think about a, a brand as as massive as Hampton, 3,000 hotels, like, we have the opportunity amazing. to shape and influence food trends, particularly when it comes to breakfast or retailing, mm-hmm. right? Because we're and we're, we're we are so approachable that we have a broad mm-hmm. audience of people, right? Age demographic, etc. And what's so interesting about the waffle is it's, yes, it's our signature item that we've spiced it up with fun flavors that we introduce, but it's part of a bigger program. So if you're vegan, if you're vegetarian, we have something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kids, they love the waffles. But you know what? Even those adults who yeah. normally don't eat them, I, he would come on, David, I bet you've eaten he, a waffle when like, you've been it. to but, Hampton. But if this crowd wasn't here, I would eat this microphone right okay. now. <laughs> so now let's talk about the marketplace. Yes, our treat I see shop. that this is something that's happening more as a hotel trend yeah. nationally and internationally. Sort of the curation of um, snacks. Of goods that are local, that have, you know, it's no longer just Doritos and Fritos. Like, people are hungry. They want to pick out things that are, have more healthy options, tastier options. And they love going in and finding things like, oh, my God, this is made, like, around the corner. It's so exciting. So can we talk about how... Hampton Inn sort of was one of the leaders. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for Hampton, because we're in either small markets, large markets, that our our hotel owners, our team members are really connected to the community. Mm -hmm. And with retailing, you're on the road, right? You guys are great examples of being road warriors going from hotel to hotel. Mm -hmm. How do we create something that is unique to that particular hotel, whether it's the the food and beverage? You know, we talked about breakfast a little bit, and we'll regionalize some of those breakfast offerings. But the retail is a great opportunity to tap in to those local vendors, um, whether it could be uh, wine and beer, which we offered all of our hotels, or it could be these great little snackable items and really kind of moving away from an offering that is just about, right, the the, the Doritos the and the sodas. Not exactly. that people don't want that. They I mean, still I want don't it. Absolutely. personally. But to me, like when I go look at a snack area, I'm looking for things that are going to satisfy me. You're right. Do you know what I mean? I tend to eat healthy when I'm not working because when I'm working, I don't eat healthy. And, um, you know, so I'm looking for smart options that are tasty and interesting and um, and also invite me to understand the community that I'm in. That's exactly right. And mm-hmm. so we that's work a lot with our of hotels. To put into a snack. Well, like, that's important. And and people love snacks, right? And on the road, you need something. But we work with our local partners in all of these areas mm-hmm. to sort of say, help us bring something to life that you love. Is it that chocolate covered potato chip? Is it a special beef jerky? Is a vegetarian snack that they are that's made locally? I love how you hit everybody in studio. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> have to go soon. We Can are. you talk about some of the 
the uh, collateral that you brought in because uh, you got, I mean, yes. you've, got, you've got waffle themed everything. Absolutely. We said, hey, yes, we're, we're more than just the waffle, right? We've got our core offering of sausage and eggs, but people love the waffle. And how do we bring that to life in a fun way? So uh, since everybody ate the waffles beforehand, we brought in some fun waffle merchandise. We've got waffle fanny packs. We've got waffle aprons and waffle socks because oh everybody in the socks. So now. cute! So it was taking something that is a classic and bringing it to life. Can we in a buy really those at, at, at the properties? We actually have our shop online at Hampton.com, so you can definitely partake in a lot of these merch. fun items. Merch, got merch. I, I mean, look at this. I feel like, like if, Bra- I, if I took a waffle from Soko is excited about this. I might get beat. <laughs> up, all right, but. Trudy, how do we stay in touch with you and on touch of all the happenings in Hampton? Yeah, thank you. So HamptonByHilton.com. Mm-hmm. See our latest and greatest, our new hotel openings, what we're offering. Our new retail program is just about to launch. Mm. And, of course, what we say at Hampton is making you happy makes us happy. That why, That's why Aww. we're one of the top brands in the industry. And we welcome everybody. And we're excited about the opportunity to continue to, to bring – our waffle programming, and our friendly service to all the guests. And you made me happy. I yeah, love well, that. We Wonderful. appreciate you coming in today and yeah, sharing that you. story. All right. All right. Tara, let's go back to you. I, I want to talk. I want to hear about some some of the other restaurants that are participating. I'm just fascinated by the fact that Fairfax has a Uyghur restaurant. That's David's favorite one. I mean, the fact that you know, <laughs> it's always his that favorite cuisine, one. That cuisine. I'm not even certain what Uyghur cuisine is. I have to go. Okay. But talk about some of the restaurants that are participating. Sure. Well, like I said before, Restaurant Week in Fairfax City is very approachable. So mm-hmm. we have uh, brunch specials, lunch specials. We also have two for 10 deals. So uh, establishments like VV Bubble Tea, we visited them and they have a multitude of offerings. And we'd encourage anyone to go try that. It's <laughs> it's so fun. It's so colorful. It's so great. We've got PJ Skidoo's, and that mm-hmm. is one of the... Br- Absolute favorites in Fairfax. People and you love got to Mama go there. Chang's participating this Mama year. We got Mama Chang's on board. I know. Thank you, Nikki. I'm going to take effort. For that. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. You're welcome. Thank you for that. But I mean, but I mean, I think people who know Mama Chang's is Peter Chang concept, uh, led by the women in Peter Chang's life. But um, that is a you know well known, well respected restaurant uh, to the food media, you know, people just love it out there. And the fact that they're participating, I think, says so much about the kind of things that are happening in the region from a food standpoint. Absolutely. And it's not just great food. It's great space. It's a great place to go, bring mm-hmm. your family and, you know, have a, a special meal it's or, like or a casual, back into you know. federal America. I mean, when you walk down those streets and all the, I mean, it's a beautiful little town center. Yeah. yeah and I mean, I always have to, uh, Shout out to the restaurants that are located outside of Old Town, places like uh, Dolce Vita. Mm. Um, Cyrus is a big part of Restaurant Week. He's on our committee, and our family loves dining there. I would hope they'd pass the uh, pasta test for you, David. I know. He's such a jerk about it. (laughs) See? There you go. That was a test. But, you know, I I think, could we talk just a little bit about sort of the retail and the sort of livelihood, like the addition of music, the addition of nightlife, like all these things changes the landscape for the area. What does that mean, like, given your role, what does that mean for you and sort of what's happening there? Yeah, I mean, we hope it's no secret that this is an, is an initiative. Uh, mm-hmm. Fairfax, City Restaurant, Fairfax City Restaurant Week mm-hmm. comes from the Fairfax City Economic Development Office, the Authority, the Central Fairfax Chamber of Commerce, and the Old Town Fairfax Business Association. 
all of us are coming together to spread awareness and celebrate the type of culture we have in Fairfax City and really entice people to come from you know, near and far to experience what we're building here. Mm. The people that make up what makes Fairfax City so special. I have fallen in love with it, and I hope that visitors and diners at Restaurant Week do too. All right, I'm perfect, with you. Okay, so Joe, perfect speech. when we it. end it, yes. we'll come back to you and we can talk more about the food you're making and what you're doing, but tell us what you're making for us next. It's called a paper plane. It's a classic cocktail. Um, it has Aperol, uh, Vernamaro, um, lemon juice, and bourbon, especially for this time of year. Perfect, I think perfect. drink for a Okay. Great. Early morning on the weekend. I feel like everybody has cups in their hands. Oh, I see one person with a cup in their hand. All right. That's my person over there. Okay, let's do it. Give me a minute on this one. Um, uh, Miguel Guerra and Tatiana Mora are partners, executive chefs at a new restaurant called Mita in Shaw. And the focus is on Latin American vegetables and flavors departing from the traditional meat centric stuff. But But we met Miguel. Miguel was. Was were you executive chef at El Cielo? Yes, yes, right. I was. And we met, met you, food, right? Yeah, we met and you there. I'm going to tell you that was this was like a 12 course meal. It was more than prepared. that. It was probably a, a like 20 courses. something. Yeah, it was a and lot. I don't usually sit still for that. I get, I you know, I want to blow my brains. And out. I just want to be sure to make. I don't usually take him but to these kind she of. She took me to. The, it was one of the. It was a top ten meal in my life. Mm. That's great, including washing my hands with chocolate. So <laughs> now let's move on to other stuff. So why don't we, each of you, talk a little about your backgrounds? I just did a little promo for you, and Tatiana, we'll start with you. Give you a chance to take the mic. Um, I know you're a psalm, uh, and you know, give Tell us, us some a little bit about your background. Well, um, I come back to the kitchen about. Um, uh, nine years, mm-hmm. okay, because I was in Serenata. Serenata is a bar that is in La Cosecha. With AJ. We yes. know AJ. We know yes. AJ. We know yes. AJ. Who doesn't know AJ? I right. was the chef there and, and a partner with my, Daniela and AJ first mm-hmm. in the beginning. And so I I tried to, to, I don't know, to create a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So... That's, that was my idea first, and I met Miguel there because mm-hmm. Miguel is was working at El Cielo. Right, right next door to each other. Yes. So we combine, you know, our wisdom mm-hmm. and mm, we, wisdom. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I saw Miguel twitch a little. When he <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. You did combine your wisdom, but you decided to tell a story. Yes. In your new restaurant, Mita, which I love, which is the beginning of your name and the beginning of your name. I yep. love yes. that. So you decided to tell this story about plant-based foods, yes. vegetables specifically, as it relates to the foods you grew up with. So how did you take that narrative and put it on a menu? So definitely, definitely, you know, Latin American food is protein-centric. It is. Uh-huh. So we definitely wanted to showcase, like, a different, like, pivot from the, the, the meat centric and then go and say, you know, meat is nothing without a vegetable, you know? Mm. So we definitely wanted to make the vegetable the star of the dish. So this is what we, we kind of, you know, storytelling, you know, the backgrounds of Tatiana and myself and a little bit about, you know, uh, Latin culture and stories, recipes, you know. Um, but what was influencing you or both of you when it came to vegetables or plant-based offerings what were you like this is what's missing what what was it i think that that you know is a niche Mm -hmm. because true yes because and 
uh, here in, in the city, you don't have a lot of competition. Mm. So No, what you're doing is very unique. That yes, is very true. Yes. And so I think that that, that, that is one of the reasons. Uh, the other reasons, I think that we are in the middle of the pandemic when I created the, the concept or the pop-up. Mm-hmm. So I think that the situation maybe uh, goes with that with that. Path. But how do you deal Wait, with... Wait, I'm so sorry, honey. We have to take a break. I don't want to take a break. I know. We're going to take a break. <laughs> I know. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Miguel Guerra and Tatiana Mura of Mita about their really vegetable-centric restaurant in, yep. um, in Shaw. And here's my question, because I understand what drove you to do this. Um, but you've got an audience out here that is largely meat-centric. And traditionally, you know, the vegetarian or the vegetable offerings at restaurants, you know, you go in and they've got one thing you can get and it's some, you know, dead broccoli next to some dead beets <laughs> and okay, that kind that of thing. That is not Wait. true anymore you, at all. Okay, that's what she say. But anyways, <laughs> my point is, I mean, how do you – so for the, for the you know, the people that are a little skeptical, what do you say and how do you how – you, how do you win them over? So what I think what Tatiana said, it's, um, you know, we started in the middle of the pandemic. So everything was shifting or everything was changing. So we were more, and like um, he was saying before, um, if we were kind of looking more at what we were eating, right? Or where mm-hmm. things came from. Mm-hmm. So we said, you know, we do eat meat, we do eat vegetables, but why is always a side? So we always wanted to bring it to the other side and say, mm-hmm. this is the, the star of the dish. Um, so, you know, we came up with the idea of having something vegan, uh, and we hate to say the word vegan because it's, if yeah. you, I feel it brings people more to like, it's polarizing. Yeah, yes. it's polarizing. So it, it brings well, people to Well, especially in the saying, Latin community, yep. right? So because meat us, is so centric to so much of the Tell us about some of the, of the dishes, food. though. I mean, you know, because I imagine they're spectacular because I've had your food. <laughs> but, um, tell us about some of the, your favorites. So I, I would say we got obviously something that we call a love letter from our, from Chef Tatiana and myself um, to our country Venezuela, which is a uh, kind of our bread course. Mm-hmm. So we got a different array of arepas with like different sauces. Um, so arepas in Venezuela are usually stuffed with like meats and, right. and cheese and um, and they're so delicious. We, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we do something different here. So we do the plain arepa with the different um, array of sauces on the side, uh, which is. I would say kind of a crowd favorite for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we inspired from one of the dishes, which is kind of one of the main courses. We inspired from something called asado negro that we do in Venezuela, which is like like a heavy, dark meat roast and stew. Um, you know, we, we took that inspiration and then we transformed it into something plant-based. Okay, uh, using? We, so we have a, a like a mushroom terrine, mm-hmm. uh, and then we do like a, a sauce, which is kind of the... So the, the idea of the sauce is like you burn a panela, which is kind of a brown sugar, and then you do vegetables, and then you roast the meat, the meat in it. Mm-hmm. So we do vegetables, mushrooms, and, and like we roast all, all the vegetables, and we get that reduction, mm-hmm. which which we, we we make it really really close to the original. So, um, and how are people responding to it? Are people very good? Do they miss it, or are they? Because I disagree with my husband. I think there's been a dramatic shift. In the understanding of plant-based eating, this isn't the first time. By the eating, way. no, but seriously, and there's so much more offerings. There's a lot of people. I am a big. I'm a carnivore. I'm a big meat eater, but I do understand that more vegetables on my plate is better and healthier for me. 
and for my family. So I think you're seeing a, a better understanding out there of eating eating well with vegetables. Um, but it doesn't have to be, you know, the carrots. It doesn't just have to be like a plate of veggies. It, it can be a thoughtful, composed dish. So what are some of the other flavors that you're taking from your upbringing and applying to vegetables that maybe you never thought you would do? Well, we're trying to, to elevate the vegetables, I think so, mm-hmm. because we, we one of, of our dishes is from Peru, from the part of the the mix between Nikkei, the Japanese and Peruvian. Mm-hmm. So we cook a, a oka, that is a tuber, mm-hmm. and we put some one kind of sauce on the top, and we made a, our homemade teriyaki sauce mm. with a, a misuba, misuna salad. And it's very good because, you know, you, you cook uh, in different ways, but everything together is fantastic. So I think that we try to... to to rescue the the common recipes mm-hmm. and try to elevate it. I love that. It's and tell us it. a little bit about the space and sort of the experience at the restaurant. I mean, going from a pop up to a brick and mortar, you know, that's a yeah. Th- those are worlds <laughs> apart. I know you're both restaurant veterans, but tell us about that for you both. Yeah, it was definitely a long journey, and like you said. We were not trying to create just a restaurant, but we're trying to create experience. Mm-hmm. So more than we're not trying to tell people to eat, you know, vegetables. We're we're just showcasing an experience. So mm-hmm. it's more than just telling you, hey, don't eat meat anymore. No, mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I'm, we're not trying to do that. So definitely showcasing the culture, Latin American culture, through a different point of view. Mm-hmm. It's just a different way of seeing it. Okay, you know. This and is, how big is the space? So we got 45, 50 seats oh, I love including that. the bar. There's so a small few space. little restaurants in <laughs> yes. this area. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So we are in, in Shaw, like you guys mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a full bar. Um, I was just about to ask. I mean, I assume there's a beverage program. <laughs> Did you say a cool bar or a pool bar? <laughs> yes, and right now. bar. <laughs> <Or> swim <laughs> up to the bar. Okay, uh, we're done. All right, we got to go. All right, listen. Tell everybody where you are on the street and online. Please. So we are 804 V Street uh, on Instagram. Mita underscore DC. Excellent. Thank Great. you, guys. We can't wait to come in. Oh, I am coming in. I'm coming in on Tuesday. I cannot wait. Wait, wait, wait. She's coming in. I yeah. see how this works. I, I, I see she didn't invite you. Yeah, yeah. thanks very much. Okay, okay Joe. All right, I'll stay home and eat a hamburger. How's that? <laughs> All right. Uh, Tell Joe, us about the food program at Earth's Ordinary, please. Sure. Yeah, no problem. So when Michael approached me a couple of years ago about this pop-up or about this concept, and doing a music venue, which I've never had any experience with working in a music venue or for a music venue. So I kind of had fun with the menu because you know, music is so eclectic and could be very cultural, but it, it's, it binds people together, and so does food. And so what I did was um, our food is more global, global like comfort food, street food. So you take some like the best things or so, some of the most comfortable things from a lot of these countries, and, and that's what we do. We serve it's It's a very approachable, very fun atmosphere. It's very fun food. Um, so you'll see... Uh, bulgogi tater tots. It's like it's like a party tot, you know. Mm. Which, of course, is Korean. Then we do a Szechuan aioli, which is you know Chinese. So there's a lot of pull. You know, we do a lot of South American stuff. You know, I used to live in Central America for a number of years too, so I, I pull a lot of inspiration from that. Mm. Uh, South, a lot of Cajun, some Cajun Creole, shrimp and grits, gumbo. Um, so it, it's it's a lot of like I, I say like a lot of like VIP or, or MVP dishes from a lot of countries that we're we're offering, and uh, doesn't matter kind of what your taste is. Um, we, we definitely have something for everyone. 
That's so exciting. I mean, the space is great, and it's. I know it was a long time coming, so congratulations. I, I, I want to book my band into the space. He you doesn't heard, have a band. You heard of it. It's the Virgin Rubber Band. You have all our album on. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure we can, uh, uh, we can figure okay. something out. Okay, tell everybody quickly where we can find you, either online or on Instagram. Sure, yeah, we're, we're online, Instagram, you know, website, you know, plus uh, our address is 10420 Main Street in Fairfax, mm-hmm. you know, right uh, right below the uh, the new brewery there, Commonwealth. Great. Um, it's, it's a great spot. Tara, let's give everybody the last 411 on how they get in on all this deliciousness in Fairfax City. Sure. Visit Herbs and over 20 other restaurants during Restaurant Week, which mm-hmm. takes place February 26th through, through March 3rd. We have prefixed menus, 25 lunch brunch, $40 dinners. We have two for 10 deals. You can find all of this information, all the menus at fairfaxcityrestaurantweek.com. Follow us at Fairfax City Restaurant Week on Instagram and Facebook. And if you do dine out, we ask, please tag us at Fairfax City Eats. Let us know what you ate, how much you loved it. We'd love to see your experience. Great. Thank you so much. All right, say your thing quickly because we're all out right, of time. Um, it's no secret that there are a lot of hot spots around the world and there are millions and millions of refugees. And frankly, our Congress sucks because they don't want to help anybody. So that's up to individuals to send money to the ref- to help the refugees in Ukraine mm-hmm. and the refugees in, on, in Palestine and on, you know on both sides of that conflict and in Sudan and all over the place. So when you're sitting at home drinking your latte, open up your wallet, send five bucks to the Red Cross or the Red Crescent or to Jose World Central Kitchen, but um, help out because we're all sitting here fat and happy, and it seems like nothing can touch us. But it could. Okay. And, we and I help appreciate your sentiment. I'm angry. Thank you. I'm an I know angry you are. Citizen. Thank you. Thank you. Stupid okay. congressman. So, on that note, everything you heard here today, you can uh, find on the list, areyouonit.com, the online e-zine that tells you everything that's happening in the DC metro area. Of course, you want to follow me at NYCCINELLIS on all the platforms. And don't forget, Industry Night is now on YouTube. I want to thank all of our guests in studio today. It was a, lively a pretty bunch. lively crew. Have a uh, and double check Instagram because you'll see more behind the scenes stories there. Everybody, enjoy the Super Bowl. Let's cheer for Taylor Swift because she's the best. Oh, I hope she wins. <laughs> Be safe out there and have a delicious week. <laughs>